With market oversaturation, people are overwhelmed by the vast amount of content available to consume. That's why podcasting is such an essential strategy for business promotion. However, starting your own podcast is no simple feat. You need the right guidance to make sure that your podcast stands out from the rest and puts you on the path towards success. That's where my podcast launch intensive comes in. It provides a 10-week intensive training course with four to five activities for people to complete each week allowing them to overcome the common obstacles for a podcast launch. The main goal of the podcast launch intensive is to help you save on time, effort, and money caused by common do-it-yourself podcast mistakes. It's about making intentional decisions that will help you get started and find success in your podcasting journey. Join the intensive today. Visit dannyosmond.com PLI to find out more. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. I'm really excited to have actually one of my clients on the show this week. Uh, Paul Klein is a business consultant and entrepreneur. From his days as a guitarist in a 1980s hair band and lifelong entrepreneur to starting and scaling a successful SaaS company to consulting for some of the biggest brands, including Target, Neiman Marcus, Starbucks, Holiday Inn, and other global brands. Paul helps consultants, freelancers, and solopreneurs price their services and stop undercharging in order to build seven-figure businesses. Paul is the host of the Pricing is Positioning podcast and the creator of the Rock Your Pricing online course and community. So let's welcome Paul. I know you, and I know the story, and I know the hairband stuff, but I want to hear from you how you got to this point in your story. So if you could let my listeners know where, where did Paul Klein start out as a young man? Let's say we don't need to hear about you as a toddler or anything like that. Um, and how did you get to this point where you're in this, um, you've got your own personal brand and you're, you're starting into the, the thought leadership and, and knowledge economy space. Early on in my 20s, I was wanting to be a rock star. Yeah, I played in the hair band, you know, down, down on the strips and the clubs and all that stuff. Wanted to make it in music and everything. And about the time Nirvana came out and blew out the hair metal scene, I was I was too late for the hair metal and not good enough. And then secondly, I didn't want to, you know, do heroin and commit suicide like <laughs> a lot of the fans in the early 90s. So I, uh, I said, you know, I got to do something with my life. So I went back to school. Um, I had been working construction and made a pivot, you know, got responsible, got married at 24, three kids and all that good stuff, bought a house, uh, cut my hair and, you know, got, got all that. And then I had a nice stellar career in, uh, in local government and in corporate up until I was 40. And then at 40, at the peak of the recession in 2009, I was like, man, I can't do this till I'm, till I'm 50, <laughs> you know, 55, mm -hmm. whenever uh, and retire. I was a big connoisseur of Dan Miller and the 48 days uh, methodology, no more Mondays. And I really dove into building that business around your lifestyle and not having to fit your lifestyle around your business. I mean, I really struggled early on with my kids missing plays and, and tours because I had to be at work at eight o'clock every morning. And then mm -hmm. 
when I was there, we had to form a committee to make a decision and just, just the politics and everything else, you know? So I guess it was an epiphany at 40 that, you know, and, and I realized I was a, um, an entrepreneur stuck in a bureaucracy. And so because of my music background and my business, I was always the business guy in the band and uh, I would always dabbled on the side and done some consulting over the years, even in when I was working full time. But in, in 2009, I jumped off and everybody thought it was crazy. You know, the stock market went from 11,000 down to, to eight and uh, there were no jobs and everybody's like, what are you doing? You got this, you know, six figure full benefits job, family, mortgage, my family. Only one that didn't think I was crazy was my wife. Mm-hmm. And we dove in and um, and just started building that consultancy and uh, leaning into that and uh, that freedom-based business, internet-based business. And um, it wasn't long before that I started getting some Fortune 500 clients, and uh, you know started out real small, you know, uh, you know, sixty thousand, hundred and ten thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred, four hundred, and just really grew that into a high six-figure business. And um, just built that business right around our, our whole lifestyle, you know, being able to be in Hawaii and yeah. meet with clients and, and still be with the family. So it's been a beautiful thing. That was in 09. So it's just been over uh, 10 years, although I had started it on the side. And then in 16, I started a SaaS business, which is a software as a service. I was one partner of, uh, of two companies that, that came together to create that. And so that's a, another separate company that I've been involved in, you know, coming up with an app and, Google Play Store and all that integration. Mm-hmm. We partnered with a tech company, and that's going real well. It's, it serves the same vertical, um, but it's got a. We have our own uh, CEO and uh, about a, uh, a team of about twelve people that runs that mm-hmm. on its own. And and then in eighteen, I decided to take all that knowledge and all that great stuff and uh, pivot into my own personal brand. Another pivot at uh, mm-hmm. almost fifty, and now I'm helping people with. They want to get into consulting, want to create that business around their lifestyle. And uh, specifically, I help freelancers, consultants, um, solopreneurs with their pricing and really um, diving into the value mm-hmm. that they serve and, and mm-hmm. getting higher rates. So that's awesome. the, is that the, is that the, yeah, quick, that's the quick the version. version. Okay. So, yeah. So take a little bit more time. Um, t- tell me a little bit more about the the business that you started in 08 that, that led to a, um, a SaaS as something similar what what is that vertical and and what's it like in that business <clears throat> yeah it's all related to um, architecture and engineering related mm-hmm. uh, building inspection very technical vertical it's specific to do with the americans with disabilities act and danny i know you can mm-hmm. you can relate totally with that because yep. your daughter has um specific needs that um mm-hmm. that those rules and laws encourage and um you know the difference between living in a state that uh, is uh, accessible uh, to an yeah. easy access versus one that is not, and um, and so I really enjoyed that. I actually around that same time I was playing basketball, I broke my leg, and it really I had been enforcing these rules and regulations for so long, and when I broke my leg and realized, man, how hard it was to get up a six-inch step or get out of a car that's mm-hmm. you know that doesn't have an unloading zone and all those things, um, and uh, so specifically, I was able to take that very um, niche um, specific skill and turn that into a consulting business. So the old saying is niches are in the riches. So taking that very um, high level expertise, niching it way down and being very specific makes you more valuable. So becoming a specialist, not a generalist, uh, it was counterintuitive, especially in 09. People were kind of saying it then. I mean, it's very 
in vogue now to say that, but I mean, it's mm-hmm. so true. Um, rather than being a jack of all trades, master of none, I really enjoyed going really deep in mm-hmm. one area. And then, you know, over that 10 years, we've, we've become known as one of the leaders in that space. And, um, it didn't take long even back then to, to get the notice of the, the big companies because okay. we were solving complex problems for them. Yeah. And so over the last 10 years and, and how I know you too, is a, you are my client as a, uh, a podcaster in those, the, these two businesses and three businesses. Now you've used podcasting pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get into the specifics of what you've done with podcasting, why do you think it is that people gravitate towards this medium of podcasting? I just think it's great uh, as far as me for and what I've seen over the years in different verticals with podcasting, whether, you know, it's in that technical or personal brand space, it, it really gives you that intimate relationship with the other person. You know, you don't feel it so much on the podcaster's side in the microphone. Uh, but as a listener, you know, I feel like I know Pat Flynn. Uh, I feel like I know Mike Kim, you know, and then when I actually met them, then it's like, oh, okay. You know, and the same thing happens on a micro level. And, and I noticed that with my, um, one of the first podcast, I did a podcast in that vertical with my business partner and uh, it was just a Q and a, uh, a podcast. And man, we, I noticed over time, it was very quickly. I, we'd meet people cause we'd do uh, live training too. And they would come up and they'd already knew all the stories and the jokes mm-hmm. and they would banter <laughs> with us as, as if they knew us. And I thought, wow, this is really a powerful medium yeah. so much more so than YouTube and the biggest thing is you can listen to those podcasts on, you know, mowing the lawn, um, you know, long drives, you know, when you're not in you, which you can't just do with screen time in other mediums. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what makes it so much more powerful is there's no screen time. You can yeah. consume it whenever you want working out so, or whatever. So tell us a little bit more about you've had now, this is uh you've had two podcasts, right? Or is it three? Two. No, this, uh, this <clears throat> the one you're producing for me, pricing is positioning is my second podcast. Okay. So tell us a little bit about, um, a little more about how you used your podcast and your experiences with your podcast in the, in the first business, and then maybe transition into, uh, what you took from that to your new podcast and, and, and how it's going now. Yeah. Yeah. Originally it was just kind of dabbling. I wanted to get into the pod podcast space and there's nobody doing it in my niche. Absolutely Mm -hmm. nobody. So, I mean, it immediately set set me at a higher or my partner and I at a higher bar because we really um, put ourselves out there in that vertical. Nobody was podcasting. So that's one thing. If you're in a vertical, that's not very podcast heavy. You can mm-hmm. really set yourself out. You know, Jody Maryberry's done that in the um, uh, Ranger space. Um, yeah. Park, you know, Rangers, yeah. park mm-hmm. Ranger. So it really put him on. I mean, he got invited to speak at national shows and same thing in our vertical. It really puts you on that level. And I was producing it myself and I didn't know what to do as far as format. I was like, Mm. man, I don't want to come up with all this content and everything. But we were always getting uh, questions, my business partner. So what we did is we just made it a QA and a show. Every week we'd pick six to eight questions and then we would, my business partner and I would just go through it and give our opinion. Sometimes we'd argue about it and that's, he's red, I'm more uh, laid back and we'd get into some banter and we just made it fun. We took a very boring, bland subject and made (laughs) it fun. And people just, I mean, people to this day are still going, man, I, w- I wish you guys would do that again. And uh, we did about 50 episodes, but for that two year period that we did it, we didn't even do them every week. We did them like biweekly, I think. Okay. It just really put us up in that bar and it, and it opened up a lot of doors in that aspect. But okay. 
I was producing everything, editing, uh, mm-hmm. posting it, which was a major pain in the butt. And so when I decided to do my new uh, podcast, solo podcast uh, around pricing and consulting called Pricing is Positioning, I said, I need a producer. So mm-hmm. I, I looked at a couple of different people and um, I was real happy with your process and uh, approach and everything. And so, <laughs> so you got hired and we've been, uh, yeah. we've had a great relationship since. It's, it's been one of the that. best decisions I made. Yeah. So, um, so back, back to the first podcast, um, what effects did you see in your business from that podcast? Was it, was it lead generation? Was it filling up workshops? Did it allow you to transition and create a, um, a, a, a software, an app that, that would allow you to scale that? What, what exactly did you see? Not so much the app that the uh, you know the SaaS that we were developing that came a little bit later, but mm-hmm. definitely once we embarked on the the SaaS, we were able to uh, utilize the podcast as uh, a quasi sponsorship. So okay. it was a separate company. So we were able to um, leverage the the audience that we had in that vertical and advertise basically when we would lead off every show with an advertisement mm-hmm. to that to that new product. But before that, it just really established more, better relationships with people. So when we did offer a workshop or when people were looking for a consultant in that vertical to for somebody else, it was all mm-hmm. word of mouth. There were no Facebook ads, none of these fancy funnels and all this stuff. It was an email list and a podcast. Okay. That's all we did, nothing fancy. And so the podcast would open up doors. Somebody down in Los Angeles would be like, hey, I need a consultant on... Um, on a, you know, Del Taco, um, franchise of 25 sites. Hey, you need to go talk to Paul and Mark, you know, okay. they're the guys that can do it for you. And then we'd get that call and boom, new relationship was established just by virtue of the podcast. Okay. So now with pricing is positioning, it's much more you as a thought leader in the pricing and positioning space. It's a great <laughs> title and it leads people exactly to what the show's about. Um, take note of that if you're out there and you're thinking about doing a podcast. Having the keywords in your title is very strong. Um, so now that you're the thought leader and it's and it's less Q and A, even though you've you've started to do that, you've you've been doing it now for a little over a year. What effects are you seeing in this podcast that are that are a continuation of or different from that that first one? Yeah, there's a lot of parallels, but one of the things I really took a long game, you know, so mm-hmm. when I embarked on this next one, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to monetize after five episodes. I'm not looking to turn this into a, you know, million followers after five months. I'm, I'm, I, I look at this as a, a new decade. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and so you've got to have a long-term game, but, and, and so the podcast has been doing what I knew it could do. And it really fits my personality. I'm not a, a big bang guy on uh, you know, you're not going to see me in front of um, jets and Bentleys on YouTube and <laughs> getting all fancy and you know, all this stuff, you know, I just, right. I'm just kind of a practical guy that just talks from common spent sense and experience. And so podcast is perfect. I'm not a writer or a blogger, you know, I, I, I can write, but it, it just takes so much out of me. I, I just, Turn on the microphone is a great thing. Come up with a topic and provide value. And so that long-term approach has been really good. And then mm-hmm. the same thing's happening though in this vertical that happened in the other, but just on a larger scale. And that is I show up at social media marketing world or um, down at uh, Terry Weaver's The Thing or just any other event 
um, that I've been to and people immediately, Hey, I recognize your voice. You know, you're that pricing is positioning guy. It's nice to meet you. And then now there's a deeper relationship right there and not, not from a business perspective, but just from a relationship perspective, it's great. And then some of that leads to business because people buy from who they know, like, and trust. And if they've been listening to you, I don't want to say religiously, but regularly, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in your earbuds, there's just that, uh, that deeper connection there and it it opens up those doors for, uh, business opportunities. Yeah. 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 Now, um, so as, as a consultant, cause you've been a consultant for a long time and, and the first, the, the ADA compliance and architecture and engineering world. And, and now as a, um, a consultant in the pricing world and the, in the, in the marketing world in a sense as well. Um, I, I don't want to have examples like, Oh, Pat Flynn, look at how his podcast grew his whatever. But have you specifically seen some of the businesses that you've worked with, worked for, or some of the um, the personal brands you've worked with now, how have you seen podcasting affect their success? Yeah, I think not only for myself, but for other, I don't want to say newbies, but people that have started within the same timeline that I have in this space, mm-hmm. it automatically opens up doors you wouldn't get mm-hmm. if you didn't have a podcast. It puts you on a not that, you know, you're looking to be above anybody or anything like that. It's not in that way, but I mean, it automatically brings some legitimacy to your brand okay. as a, especially as a personal brand. You know, if you're, if you're trying to be a personal brand in this space, you, you've got to have an internet, a social media presence, you've got to mm-hmm. have an image people see and buy. Uh, and so the podcast puts you on that level. And then it's so much easier when you have a podcast to go, Hey, uh, um, I'd like to interview you for my show. And then boom, now you get asked to be on their show. Yeah. Perfect example is Michael Spursky with Consulting Success. He's probably okay. the the biggest consulting brand in the space. But because I had a podcast, he actually reached out to me. I, okay. I want he he was on my short list to call, but uh, he was kind of on you know he was at that Pat Flynn kind of level, someone mm-hmm. up on the hill that I I was gonna hit eventually after I got a little bigger and a little more well known. But lo and behold, I got an email from one of his people okay. asking to be on my show. So I leveraged my podcast to get on. I said, yeah, I'd be happy to have you on my show. Would you be interested in having, uh, would Mike be interested in, uh, Michael be interested in having me on his show? And he said, absolutely. Yeah. So boom, we traded and, um, and he's a great guy down to earth. And uh, a lot of these people that are in those, Pat Flynn included, and mm-hmm. you meet the, they're just people just like us. Yeah. You know, they just started a podcast a little earlier and jumped into it, but it will definitely open doors for you in, um, in so many ways that you wouldn't get without a podcast. Well, this is good. This is a lot of good stories. So I, I want to get, uh, because I know, you know, one of the hurdles for a lot of people to getting into the podcast world, whether they're doing it themselves or whether they are, uh, you know, a marketing department in a fortune 1000 company thinking about starting a podcast is how do we do this? How do we, how do we get started? How do we, um, get over these hurdles of, of learning something that we have no clue how to do? Uh, we know how to write copy. We know how to, whatever, go all the way back to the beginning. And were there any growing pains that you you experienced? I think, I think if I remember correctly, you took Cliff's course, right? Okay. Yeah, Cliff Ravenscraft. So, used to have a, a podcast answer man course. Yeah. So as as you're getting as you were getting started, were there any like growing pains or just crazy experiences that you could share? You lost an interview, things like that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There was one uh, uh, early on where we uh, 
we recorded a whole hour long episode and never hit record, <laughs> you know, thought we were recording and, uh, you know, it was the greatest episode ever too. It was epic. And, uh, I was like, Oh, so we had to redo the whole thing. That was a bummer. But yeah, the, the old school or what you call the OG podcasters, which I learned from cliff, mm -hmm. you know, I took his podcast, I think it might've been in 2010, but I didn't actually yeah. do a podcast till 14 or 15. I think it okay. was, but he had all you know the huge setup with the the boards and everything and i and i don't think these days you don't need that back then it certainly made sense cuz you would record on a an external um omp3 player yeah. because your hard drive might crash and stuff mm -hmm. like that that's just not there. <clears throat> so there's a lot of easier ways to do the actual recording uh, but i i really think that if for a a, a company especially if yeah, if i was going to you know advise a, a board or a uh, company about doing this is allocate a portion of your advertising budget towards a, having a good producer to just do mm -hmm. it, do it for you because you know, you don't get a me an immediate ROI with the podcast, but you, it's definitely advertising and it's, it's mm -hmm. brand building, it's brand recognition. So I think it fits in that, that category. And you want to, you, you don't want to just have some Yahoo in your company, you know, hack it together. You know, you want to be professional. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Paul. Um, if people want to learn more about you, learn about pricing is positioning and, and the podcast, where can they go? Yeah, the best place is at paulkline.net or pricingispositioning.com. I've got a, a over 50 episodes there, all kinds of great topics on how to price your services. I've just released this great new quiz called Are You a Rockstar Pricer, which ties into my hairband days and it will walk <laughs> you through and evaluate. It's free. You can evaluate your pricing. You should take it, Danny, and uh, and see how you rate. You know, from a garage band all the way to rock star. There's four categories that will an analyze your pricing structure, and so you can get all that at uh, paulkline.net and uh, subscribe to Pricing Is Positioning uh, podcast on iTunes, Spotify, all the great all the great places that Danny has put me in that yeah. I would have never done wherever without. you listen. Hey folks, I wanted to take a moment to tell you a little bit about a tool that I use every month. It's called Text Expander, and I, I, I get a monthly email from them where they report on how much time I have saved by using Text Expander. And I just love getting this because I'm looking at last month, and I saved close to an hour and 17 minutes using Text Expander. If you're if you're not familiar with it, Text Expander basically allows you to insert uh, snippets of text in any app from a library of content that you have created. So I have simple things like my email address and my phone number and my home address, all the way to email templates that I've created or answers to questions that I answer all the time. I can easily shoot these snippets into any app, any email, any document that I'm creating, and it saves a ton of time. Um, I would love for you to check them out. If you are interested in using Text Expander, just go to dannyosmond.com slash Text Expander for more information.